Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod brought to you by our good friends at Guinness. We have some great ticket giveaways coming up for the last two rounds of the Guinness Six Nations, so keep an eye out for those. And we're in Dublin next week for our live show, so looking forward to that. Uh, I'm here as usual with Goody and Big Jim. How's your week, guys? Oh, I can't wait to hear Jim's stories again. We, do you know what? We should just skip everything and just say to Jim how fucked. Well, it's not about our You know I've had a shit weekend, Goody. That's why. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the kids. Well, I mentioned, um, the, I mentioned the horror journey up to Scotland, the promised land, last week. So you have moved there? No, well, I'm, I can't Fully. confirm or deny. We're just there. We're just, we're just being. I mean, poor kids. They don't know what, where they're coming or going. When you're moving back to England? Poor kids. My missus looks like Kung Fu Panda at the minute, without the size. Like, she's quite lean. Her eyes, she's got black eyes. We've well, been beating her up. Uh, no, Jim, no. although wait. although although I felt like beating her up, and she's felt like beating beating me up. Um, she beat you off or not? No, she's calling me the cashew at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to send an apology out because I was meant to do an event at Guinness or for Guinness on Saturday with Goody, and I and I didn't didn't go. One of the twins was very poorly and in hospital, so I've had a tough weekend. Uh, what day are we today? We're Tuesday, and the sun's out. And as I was walking to the podcast, it got me thinking. I thought, so I, I'm thinking, so I'm wearing jeans, I've got a shirt, shirt on. I feel a little bit hot. How do you cope in this heat? Do you, Goody, do you get severe chafe? <laughs> so it did cross my mind. As I was walking to the podcast, I was thinking, like, I felt a little bit of chafe, chafe coming on. Not a lot, just a little bit. Like, are you literally rubbing like a madman or no. what down there? Uh, no, James, I'm all good. Let's not make this about me. No. You've had a tough time. I've had a tough week. Yeah, I have. Kids in hospital failed to turn up for a Guinness event. Luckily, Richard Wigglesworth stepped in for me. And we lost to Wales, but let's not let's not talk about it. What's the point? Yeah, talking we'll about talk that? about that because I'm Welsh. I've always breathed fire. I've always been with the dragons, and I thought that, <laughs> and I thought that Wales I thought that Wales were going to win. But yeah. did you? Because you didn't say that, James. Did I not? Oh, no. I just had a sneaky feeling they would. How has your week been, Goody? Around that? Did you um, go to Cardiff? As you just heard from Jim, I was hosting uh, for right. Guinness in Flatiron Square, and um, yeah, pre-match you do a Q and A. You for every one Wales fan, there's twenty English fans, so it's easy pickings. You just abuse the Welsh, and then they fucking beat us, didn't they? Who so, uh, wasn't overly successful, to be honest, my weekend. But you then did a Facebook Live for I Rugby did. Pass, which I tuned into you to did. make sure that everything's in line and you're saying the right things and your answers aren't longer than four and a half minutes for each one, which they were again and. Genuinely, I don't know whether it was a down lighting or a mood lighting or what, but you you looked healthier. Thank you, James. So, and I saw your comment on the Facebook Live that. What did I say? I looked leaner. I'm sure I said, "Have you had the shirts? You look smaller." <laughs> and you came up to me and said, "You've been to the gym this weekend." Celebration time! Come on! Da, 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 da. Yeah, Sunday I did. What did you do? I uh, took the kids swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Went in the sauna with a can of Aid. <laughs> Sweated it out. It was the missus' birthday Saturday nights. Went out for dinner. God knows how much we drank. Uh, took the kids swimming on Sunday and, um, yeah, sauna to sweat it out. Did you not go to the gym then? You lied. I looked at it. <laughs> okay. I went in, had a look around. I was like, I can see myself working there, working out in there at some point. Probably by, I don't want to put a time on it. I will join Stoke Park. What's holding you back? I know, obviously, the fact that you can barely breathe by the time you get to the gym, but, what, <laughs> but, but what's well, stopping mate, I, you? I drive to the gym. So what's, stop, what's stopping you from taking that leap? Just finding time in my busy schedule, James. Mate, you've got to make time for the heart, mate. You've got to make time for it. My heart loves a beautiful steak with chips and a bit of salad. Do you think you'd get a personal trainer if you went to the gym, or what, how would you go about it? Oh, mate, fucking hell. Let's let me join a gym first. They hurt you, don't they? I got bullied in the gym as a rugby player. And it's, did you? It's memories that aren't great for me, so it's a very difficult step to make. How did you get bullied in the gym? Like, what, what, what did people say? What did they do? They were throwing bras at him. It just made me work hard and it hurt. <laughs> I remember doing chins. My shoulder was fucked. How many chins can you do? Well, I've got 14, so, you know, I'm, I'm ahead already, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was Mrs. Birthday at the, at the weekend, and I didn't believe her age. Not because she doesn't look like that, but you're almost a bit of a sugar daddy, which I didn't mm. realise, Goody. <laughs> it's perhaps not a real age. Oh, okay. It's perhaps a bit of an in-joke that she will not admit to being over 30. Oh, oh. oh, okay. She's not 29. She'll kill me for saying it. She's not? Well, you told me she was. Well, no, you just saw the... Birthday cake with 29, I demolish that birthday cake. Oh, chocolate's so good. Uh, well, my missus said, she says, what are you laughing at? I says, well, speaking to Goody, 
missus 29 she said well what's funny i said well that makes him like obviously a bit of a sugar daddy and she said to me how old do you think Sh- i look hold on sugar daddy yeah you are mm. well if you miss what? 29 and you're 40 stone um that's not the principle of a sugar daddy a sugar daddy not? is someone older that pays for everything all right i thought it's a, a daddy like sugar <laughs> <laughs> true i do like sugar yeah. and kung fu kung fu panda says kung fu panda says to me how old do i look and genuinely when she asked me at that moment i said if I said you look like you were 59 or 69, <laughs> then I'd be telling the truth, like genuinely at that moment when she asked me. And she fired a frying pan over your head? or Yeah, she said, calm down the nut, and then that was it. <laughs> the nut. So, yeah. She owned you. Goody, what went wrong in Cardiff? A tough one, really. At half-time, genuinely now, at half-time, if we'd have scored just before half-time, and they're all lift spots and maybes, anyone that watched that first half and watched the way Wales trudged off the field at half-time, I thought they were absolutely fucked. And I, th- I could not see a way that England could lose that game, the way the game was going. As you tweeted at half-time. Yeah. And, uh, you know... And the arrogant English. It's just what they do. I just tweeted. Tom Curry was ridiculous in that first half. And Wales didn't really have much direction. And I just said they looked out on their feet, because they did. And we, I thought we'd win by 15 points and it's come back to bite me in the ass. Yes, it has. Slightly. You know, the different second half, so Farrell's kicking and Ben Young's kicking wasn't anywhere near as accurate as it has been in the first two games. Our line chase off the back of that, because of the pressure that they were put under from, from Wales, um, the kicks weren't as accurate. Our kick chase wasn't as effective. We're playing actually against the back three that are very good compared to France the week before or two weeks before. How good was Liam Williams? Liam Williams, Liam Williams was amazing. And we lost our call. Cool. You know, Kyle Sinclair had what? an amazing game. Let's just put that out there now because he was fantastic as a rugby player in pretty much every facet of his game. Was he taken but, off because he lost his head? Yes, the guy's an idiot. And this is coming from idiot abroad. Like, I am chief idiot abroad. And he, I'm looking at him like, mate, what? you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? And he lost his head and people go, oh, no, don't say, don't say too much about it. And, you know, he only gave one or two penalties away. It was the type of penalties he gave. But also, it's the emotion of the of the game. So, people like he stood his ground when he took out Anscombe. And the ref didn't give a penalty, I don't think. He didn't. It was stand, the, it was the, he didn't. No. He didn't stand his ground. He rammed his shoulder into him. And I've got no doubt, whether Eddie Jones admits it or not, Eddie Jones hooked him off because he lost his head. And it was a massive momentum shift because all the Welsh, when you're absolutely out on your feet in terms of energy levels or whatever, and someone from the opposition is doing that, which he was doing. Then he grabs Alan Wynne Jones by the throat. Then he high tackles him. Mate, he was slapping Rob Evans on the back and yeah. in the rock. And, and doing all this. What it does is it pumps their tyres up and emotional energy that the Welsh found from somewhere was off the back of going, look at this fucking mug here taking the piss out of us in terms of how he's acting and going around. And as Jim says, he best be hard because the way he's acting is he's, he's the hardest bloke in the world. And Eddie had to hook him off because he's, his head was gone. He was, you know, he was a walking yellow card at that point. People look at the game and go, well, he didn't do anything that cost us the game, did he? Because he got taken off. Every bit of emotion that was into those moments that the Welsh boys saw, their tyres got pumped up hugely off the back of his mind explosion, really. And then um, Bigger came on. Bigger, uh, I, yeah. Who was that man crush you had on? Northampton Centre. Hutchinson. I was Googling him this way. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get it. I yeah, see it. Nice yeah, boy. He's receded a bit, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I can help him out. Yeah, that's fine. Out. Yeah, that's fine. So that's smart. Dan Bigger. I love him. Just two peas in a pod. Me and him. I don't know why I put me and him together, well, why, but it just, it just, yeah. feel, it just feels could, right. It just you, feels natural. You know where someone's meant to be with the other person, but not like that, but kind of like that. That's how I feel with Dan Bigger. Yeah, I mean, when he, he comes on, I get excited. I feel funny, tingly, I, emotional. I, th- I thought he was going to start, um, and obviously he got the knock the week before against Sale for Northampton. Uh, started on the bench. Anscombe, you know, pretty good player, but bigger controls a game like Farrell does. How hard is he though? He's hard. He's not. He's not as hard as Farrell, I don't reckon, but he's hard. Oh, I don't know. Who'd win? Matt, I don't know. I don't know. But oh, I, Farrell, Farrell win. You reckon? Win. Mm, I yeah. don't know. Matt, I, well, he's a northerner, so he, he might just... Yeah, but Bigger coming on, he was the difference. The difference was Sinclair's lack of discipline and, and Bigger coming on and changing the game. But with Bigger, it's interesting when you hear other people talk about it, and I don't know whether I've heard it, I've seen it in the mainstream media, or maybe Andy Powell mentioned it, but everyone goes with Anscombe. Everyone's like, oh, I'd love to see Anscombe. Yeah, I think, he, you know, he, he you know just does it more for me ahead I, of Bigger. I don't get it. I, I rate Bigger massively. Right. For me, I he, he, he was the game changer. Mm. In the way that, in which Wales wanted to play, and that clearance as well, and just to be able to come on, cold as anything, boom, have that as a touch finder. Yeah. 
just controlled. I've always rated him. But I mean, we all knew it was going to be a war against the Welsh. You, you watch the way the Welsh play, and it is a war. It's just a physical battle at the game line. And you look at some of the stats that came out of the game. Billy makes 20 carries. I think the next best for England was seven or something in the forwards. And we didn't have that foil of a, a Mako or something like that. We had Genji on the bench. You, you, you needed some physicality. Eddie wouldn't use him. You had Robson yeah, on the bench. Yeah, why didn't you bring Dan on? I don't know. You've got Robson on the bench. And, and Young, Young's different. was kicking poorly and... Didn't have his best game. Bring him on, make a change. To get them win the technical battle, then? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I just think what, it was a close game. It, it literally could have gone either way, and it was different moments. Like Goody said, you know, the Sinclair incident was a turning point. You know, where he took Anscombe off the ball, you could see the emotion was slightly changing in, in, in Wales's favour. I think the longer that Wales were in the game, and the more their defence... How good was their defence? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, England's, England's was pretty good till Mate, the last. Yeah. You know, and I, again, I tweeted about it. Wales went through countless facts. They just won out rugby, and I'm like, well, England is just bashing them back and all this stuff. And then eventually, uh, Bigger throws a long ball and it opens up their attack and England's defence out wide. But both defences, and it was that, that, that's the war zone, isn't it? Both defences ran by, you know, obviously, Sean Edwards' defence for Wales was brutal in around there. And we didn't put any two pass plays on. We didn't. Put much out the back, did we, in the second half? I can't remember Elliot Daly, Johnny May or Jack Noel really having any possession uh, in the second half. We didn't get into any of the wide channels that we've been successful with against France and, and Ireland, even with the secondary attacking kicking game, which we didn't get to um, in those wide channels. And yeah, listen, it, small, small margins, as Jim said, those little one, two percenters make huge differences in, in tight games. And, and the big moments were won by Wales. England training with Georgia again this week. Wasn't oh, it God. one of the problems they, you thought that they had last, last year? Well, there's a picture, weren't there, that came out. I think Rugby Pass put it on their um, on one of their articles that they did. And I thought it was actually a picture live from training, but it's not Haskell's in the picture. And you can see the scrum of England has been absolutely hosed by the Georgians. Haskell's been spat out the side. You can see he is raging. Yep. He is like, I do not want to be here. Who'd want to do that? Who would want to do that on a Monday or Tuesday? And I tweeted George Cruz about it yesterday because there ain't a chance in hell he is training there. Poor Launchbury. Hey, he's going to be in there doing that. La- Launchers ain't poor, mate. No, is he not? <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those. You Again, it's Eddie Jones' thing. He did it last year. And I think he did it last year, but before we played Scotland. And then the boys had no energy against Scotland, did they? You saw the game, and we. Oh, were mate, flat. don't make don't make excuses. Like the game's gone. Well, Scotland deserved to win last year. Yes, but what I'm did. saying, yes, the difference this yes, year, we did. The difference this year is. I thought it was Welsh again. And, and no disrespect to the Italians, we're playing Italy at home next weekend. So realistically, there's a massive emotional shift between having to go away to Scotland and get your energy flowing where the Scots were rampant, and playing the Italians at, at Twickenham. Um, so I mean, those boys, I can tell you now, they'll all be like, "Yeah, we'll bang up for this." No, they're not. You've gone through a, an absolute war against Wales. The, more than 200 tackles the boys made. The physical impact that has on you, the knock-on effect. And then, oh, by the way, we're just going to get the biggest blokes ever to come and train against you Wednesday, Thursday this week. And Wiggs bringing them over as, as chief coach, who's probably raging about the England situation as well. Yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> i tell you what, your man. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you've got Yashvili and Kunavili or whatever and Smallwilly coming down your channel. You are literally screaming... He is your man, isn't you? I mean, the, Ima- we... imagine, imagine. Well, George Ford didn't play, did he? But he'll definitely be screaming, "Your man, why are you being horrible, Goody?" <laughs> I Mate, didn't say. Like you, why? Didn't say. Imagine all the bushes, though. Yeah, the yeah. George, the Jordan asked, bushes, that'd be huge. I asked Wick, he didn't see a problem. I said, Wick, can you just talk to me about the bush on bush?" And he was like, "Mate, I don't see a problem." I was like, "Well, there you go." <laughs> Courtney Laws is out for the tournament. Would you bring Mary back now, or would you let him rest a little bit longer? Without being detrimental to Italy, I know they played well. They had a brilliant first half at the weekend. It's a foregone conclusion England are going to win. I don't think you should rush Marrow back. They've called up Charlie Hills, haven't they? I know they have. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't think you should risk Marrow. I mean, it depends. It depends on Eddie because if Marrow's anywhere near to being fit, I think he'll play him because re- realistically, he needs to get five points against Italy, five points against Scotland, um, and hope that Ireland beat Wales and the championship will be England's if that happens. And I'm not saying it will, James, but we will beat Italy and Scotland. Wales have won 12 in a row now, which is a record. Are they getting enough credit for that? Well, Andy Rowe, I think at the beginning of this championship, you said they were going to finish fourth or fifth. And no, I thought you said they were that, going James. to be. Did I? Oh, um, I should apologise for that then, is my point. Sorry. <laughs> You're apologising now for predicting that Wales will struggle, that you've said over all sorts of media platforms pre Six Nations. I am sorry, <laughs> is all go. I can say. Genuinely, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't think Wales were going to be in for a shout. I just. I, 
I looked at the team. I looked at Anscombe in that position. I didn't know whether they knew whether they wanted Anscombe or they wanted bigger. You know, Alan Wynne Jones is on the other other side of his prime potentially, but he has been phenomenal. He? He's phenomenal. You know, Josh Adams on the wing. I know he's a good player, but mate, he's class. And then Liam Williams being fit. So I so I apologise. I apologise to the millions of Welsh listeners out there. Um, there is a part of me that's Welsh. I've eaten lamb many a time. Um, so and. So, yeah, so I apologise to the Welsh, and they are in the driving seat. Well, Wales and England are leading the way at the top of the Six Nations table, but Ireland are just behind them both now after their win over Italy. And we can have a chat with a man who made his debut for the men in green out in Rome. Jack Carty, how are you, mate? Hey, mate, how's things? Great to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and it's debut, Andy Rowe, not debut. Mate, congratulations <laughs> on your international debut. Um, it came around, obviously, a little bit last minute, but just talk us through the emotions of making that and if your family made it out there. Uh, yeah, so I suppose it was, unfortunately for himself, Joey got injured kind of in the later part of the week and um, with a slight kind of hamstring um, strain. So uh, I think it was later on, about Thursday or that, I got the nod that I was going to be on the bench. So it was a bit of a scramble to try to get all my folks and family over and mates. So about 16, about 16 people were over there in the end. So I was uh, just, I didn't really mind whether it was 30 seconds or 80 minutes, just delighted to get onto the pitch and uh, I suppose to finally get the monkey off the back and get a cap after like a lot of years of trying. Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. 16 people came out. How'd you get 16 tickets for an international game last minute? Uh, You're geez, a magician. So I, I got Bundy Aki's three. I got Quinn Roos three. I got Sean Cronin's three. I got my own. And then had to do a bit of uh, a bit of swapping and dealing kind of on the side as well to get other ones. But they managed to get there in the end. So we were like the Brady Bunch over there. So there's so many. <laughs> I don't even know 16 people. <laughs> Uh, but just just talk us through like how the preparation was for for the week leading up. Obviously, it was a tough game for for anyone that had watched it. But um, just talk us about the preparation, how the guys got motivated. Yeah, I suppose um, like a couple of us had went back to play with our clubs, and a few lads kind of stayed in camp. So I wasn't actually there the previous week. But um, I suppose coming in, obviously seeing the result, um, the Wales result against England. Obviously, we were all watching that, and that kind of gave us a bit of a lifeline. And I suppose it had to be a case where we had to take the opportunity and obviously we didn't there was some facets of the game we probably weren't happy with but one or two passes if they stuck could have been a, a, a different different scoreline so you could see the way Italy filled the pitch and they're obviously big big men and playing them in Rome is obviously going to always be a, a difficult task but I think in the end just we had to play them in a played attrition rugby and ended up um, getting five points which was great and obviously keeping um, keeping the show on the road And then just in terms of the game itself you know obviously there were uncharacteristic handling errors uh, and Johnny Sexton when he comes off the field you see him shouting out catch the fucking ball um, has much been said afterwards about why the mistakes were made were people snatching at passes what were, it's something that you don't normally associate with a Joe Schmidt team yeah I don't know I suppose it's probably something we're just going to have to look at um, like we tra- the good training week um, and we train quite well and it's just as you said them last pass or second last pass which probably just let us down. Um, you kind of saw that line break that Erzie had, and uh, it was just a fraction from going into um, Chris Farrell's hands. We'd been underneath the sticks with that as well. So I was just hoping that the, the score would have been brought up a bit earlier on, so I could have maybe got on earlier, and it wasn't um, wasn't too tight when I was coming on. But I was just really, really happy. Um, it's one of them things you're wondering whether you're going to get on or not. And when it was getting to the 65, 70th minute, it was kind of squeaky bum time but just delighted I got on in the end yeah it's amazing that first cap's unbelievable and then off, off the back of your first cap you have a bit of initiation don't you I didn't actually have it at the weekend so I'm I'm not looking forward to whenever whenever that would be I had to sing actually sorry on the I had to sing at the aftermatch function in front of 300 people so I think I was actually more nervous for that than I was the actual game <laughs> what, what song was um, it so I had to do it twice, believe it or not. So I had to do the Stand By Me by Benny Cole. Mate, I know. Yeah, that went down well. It's wedding song. It's my wedding song. Big wedding song, yeah, yeah. But then um, my missus and a few of the other girlfriends, they got the bus back and they informed us that we had to do a duet on the bus back. Oh, nice. Um, so you can imagine how that went down. So I did Ron and Keating then on the way back. So that went down well as well. So, oh, not, and that's my singing done. Just nothing for us now? A little, little couple of bars? No, no, that's, that's my singing That's my singing done. Oh. And then what is the initiation then? So what does um, Joe Smith have for the boys? Does it involve cats or, or shaving cats or anything like that? Is it any, anything weird? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing too strange. I know there'll be probably something towards the end of the end of the campaign where maybe there'll be uh, a few drinks involved but uh, I suppose it'll be it'll be around that Paddy's weekend so hopefully it can be a bit of a celebration if we manage to 
win the championship by the end of it. And there is rumour that at the end of the game you got Ian McKinley's shirt. I did, did yeah. I'm sh- surely you swapped shirt for shirt, wasn't it? You would definitely not have borrowed someone else's shirt for for, for the initial swap, no? <laughs> uh, well, I obviously had the two of my own, and then both Peace and Josh van der Fleer, or Fleer offered me their jersey, so uh, I wanted to kind of keep my two, so I keep one for myself and put one up in my uh, club back home, and then uh, I swapped Josh's one with with Ian, so I was fortunate enough to get his one. Jeez, you must be that a top. You must be a top labyrinth in the group. People offering you shirts, tickets, the lot. I know it must be popular running there a few weeks, so they must they must, must go down well. It must be going on a tree with the lads, so good. Good stuff. Um, and was there a big night out in Rome afterwards, or was it straight back on the uh, the plane back to yeah. Ireland? Uh, no, we we stayed there the night after. Um, as I said, four hundred of my family there, so I kind of went and met all them, and then I had a couple of beers and a few drinks with them, and then just went off to bed. And about one, two o'clock, but it was a, it was a good, good night. Um, Rome's an unreal city to to do it, and so I was um, I was delighted. So hopefully, I get a, another opportunity now in um, two weeks' time against uh, France and Dublin would be class. Now, um, let's just talk about something that's been going around on social media um, about the team bus journey and the police escort you had in Rome. That was absolutely <laughs> nuts. Oh, it was crazy. I, I, I was kind of down towards the back, and we kind of heard this laughing. But at the best of times, I know you lads have played played abroad. The, the driving in kind of France and Italy can be a bit erratic at times, but these this fella, I don't know if it was his first time or if it was he just got a bit excited, but he was in and out, like he'd drive straight on towards a, a bus and then swerve last minute, like pull in. It was it was uh, crazy enough. Man, that's what happens to me every time I, I go back to Scotland, mate. When I'm in the <laughs> taxi, <laughs> mate, the place goes absolutely nuts. Um, so yeah, what? So, so what's happening this week? Do you get to enjoy um, what happened at the weekend? Did you get a bit of downtime, or are you straight back into the big one? Yeah, I have a couple of days off. So we're up in Belfast training. Actually, tomorrow up to one of your one of your favourite lads, George Cooney, up to his motherland. So I'm heading up there and. Uh, we've trained for a few days there and then um, I'll have the weekend off then and you know and build into another another big week I think Darren Cave said he's going to come down and try and get involved with training as well and fill a few boys in is he? <laughs> <laughs> he is he's a favourite of the podcast John and George Cooney isn't he? yeah he's Cooney is that. yeah Cooney is and yeah. Cave's trying to get on here regularly but we're, we're just keeping him at arm's length but he does want to get involved with training next week up in Belfast yeah and mate just a few notes as well so uh, Connor I've got Ospreys at home this weekend um, you going to be in the mix for that or or what's the crack can you can you say I, I actually I actually haven't found out yet um, I, I'm hoping I am obviously it's kind of a massive game we have a poor enough performance against Glasgow so I think it'd be important that a few of us try to get back to play that um, obviously it's kind of neck and neck with ourselves and Ospreys and then Cardiff obviously are going well the last couple of weeks so these three get the three games that we've had in this block will be pretty pretty pivotal for our season and then obviously we've this quarter final against Sale in a, in a few weeks time as well so it's um you know it's crunch time for us we need to kind of try to get a few wins on the board and just give us a little bit of insight into what Andy Friend like. I mean, is he friendly? Um, and... Oh, Jim. Oh, Jim. <laughs> Jim. So Mate, shit, Jim. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, but what kind of impact has he had um, on your game this season? Yeah, I suppose he's just given me a lot, of, a lot of license and confidence to kind of play my own game in terms of, I suppose, you would have seen kind of the way we would have played previous years would have been retention of the ball a lot and it kind of got us in trouble a bit. So um, giving me a license to kind of play territory and field position while also bringing the ball to the line, whereas maybe other years when we were kind of stuck within a two-four-two system, um, it was very much about moving the ball to kind of the middle of the pitch and moving defences. But uh, yeah, he's been great. Um, he's a great bloke. I don't know if either of you, you lads, know him, but he's a he's a top top bloke. So we just gave you some friendly advice. Get it, Andy Rowe. There yeah, you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jack. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season, mate. Especially the the Six Nations and um, hopefully the World Cup. If you're lucky enough to get on the on the bus there or the plane. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me. Cheers. 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 Come on, Jack. Congratulations, mate. Congrats, mate. Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. lad. I was going to say, yeah, he was a good lad. Mate, are you all right? What? Your gags are shit. Oh, mate, I've, I've had a tough week, and I? Mate, but Andy Friend, like, surely, imagine, he, imagine if you're... Andy uh, Friend, is he friendly? But imagine if your name was Andy Friend and you're an absolute C-bomb. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Be, it just wouldn't fit the mould, would it? Either yeah. way, if he is, Jack Cartier ain't saying that, <laughs> Yeah, my coach is an absolute weapon. But he's not, is he, with a name no, like that? He's, he's just friendly, not, he's so... What did you guys make of the island performance? 16 like, handling errors. Very uncharacteristic of them, wasn't it? It was, and I was horrified. I was horrified when Johnny Sexton shouted at my mate, the horse. Catch the fucking ball! <laughs> Catch the fucking ball! <laughs> mate, it sounded like Conor McGregor. Um, yeah, he, he's not happy, Sexton, is he? Well, why? Don't shout at the horse. 
The horse is scoring left, right, and centre. Centre, Johnny, just get up and stop lying down on the floor every time you get tackled. He's proper angry, isn't he, Sexton? Mate, he, he ain't. He ain't happy. He ain't loving life. I don't know what's wrong with him. Every time he gets hit, he's staying on the floor like someone shot a grenade. There's this big debate that's come out. You know, I think Joe Schmidt said it after the game about Sexton getting taken out. He wasn't happy. I'm like, he takes the ball right to the line. He is getting taken out though, Goody. Not taken out as in like he's been targeted. No, now he knows. I didn't take the ball to the line and didn't get bashed about. I don't know whether it's because people didn't want to tackle me because I was too far away from and the game. Too sweaty line, and smelly. Or because they know it's a lot of weight to get through. But if you're a 10 that attacks, it's not necessarily all about taking the ball to the line. You can jog to the line and make a play and you're not a threat. Sexton runs fucking hard at the line, squared up to the line. You're going to get belted. It's, you know, if you don't want to get belted, sit deeper in the pocket. Just tip. Just tip, mate. Pass it early or sit, deep, sit deeper in the pocket. But there was a lot of it, a lot of uh, errors. Ireland haven't been good, have they, really, the last... You know, I think they were shocked in the first game. I think that that's what's happened. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's momentum, isn't it? Yeah, momentum. They've picked up a few injuries along the way. The expectation. I don't know. Like, I didn't see that coming. I, I, I know they won, but I didn't see their performances over the last three games. I, you know, even against Scotland, where they won, they weren't, very, they weren't that good. My, my take on it, though, are, are we... Doing Italy a bit of a disservice here. Um, you think about Italy's three games and you look at the fixtures that, yes, they've lost three against Scotland. They scored a few tries towards the end. Yeah, they made it difficult for Wales as well. I know it wasn't Wales's first team. They made it difficult for Ireland as well. So, you know, I'm sat here going, England will beat Italy in, in a week on Saturday at, at Twickenham or a week on Sunday, whenever the game is. But they, we've got to give them some credit. You know, but let's not forget this time last year, people were like, get Georgia into the Six Nations. They put Georgia to bed in the autumn. Um, and now they're, you know, Conor O'Shea... I think, and we've had him on here, he's a great bloke, starting to reap some of the rewards. Maybe not in results. Well, obviously not in results, but they're a, they're a tough nut to crack. Yeah, they've got some good players as well. And like I said, at the weekend, we obviously saw Sergio Parise looking on from the sideline. He didn't look very happy. I don't know whether it was just stone-cold face. But I think Italy have got to see how they're going to cope with, with a player like him who's going to be potentially missing after the World Cup. And... But I think Italy looked good. And Conor O'Shea, Conor O'Shea said it's going to take time and I think they gave themselves a good showing. Defensively, they look good. I think it's Marius Goosen, the Treviso coach. I interviewed him when I was over there doing the Explorer show, which is out soon, actually. Um, on rugbypass.com. On rugbypass.com, of course. And he was a lovely, lovely bloke, South African guy. Um, and he was talking to me a bit about defence. I mean, obviously, most of it was going over my head. Uh, I was just more of an attacker. But, uh, it's, um, yeah, but they, they definitely look a lot better. Obviously, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge until the World Cup, but there will be some Ireland fans hitting the panic button now, won't there? Should they be? I don't think hitting the panic button. I think, I'll tell you what, this World Cup is going to be amazing, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to call now. Before the Six Nations, you'd be like, right, it's uh, between Ireland and New Zealand, yeah, isn't it? You look at it now... I've always said it. Wales, world-class team. <laughs> they, they, they got a chance. Talk about jumping on a bandwagon, Jim. You've said they were going to be garbage in the Six Nations and finish fourth or fifth. So sorry. But, uh, you know, if you're Irish and you're thinking, worrying about the World Cup, no. Uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll get their mojo back at some point. Obviously, they've got a couple of tough games to finish the Six Nations, but they're still with a chance. If they beat Wales, I think they're going to win the Six Nations because we'll get 20 points, and I think they can only get to 19. But it's just a tough moment for them, James. Mm. James, you, you talk about bandwagons a lot. What were you on uh, the Scottish bandwagon after the weekend's game, or you still uh, proud Scotsman after that? Well, he's English or Welsh or uh, whoever's winning, he is. Whoever's he's winning. Welsh this week, so I'm French this week. Uh, <laughs> hey, who's James as well? Who is James? I'm Jimbo, mate. <laughs> oh, wasn't, wasn't the best performance, was it? Oh, they were they were crap. They were, they really were. I was gut, gutted. And when we did the podcast last week, we spoke about Finn Russell, didn't we, in terms of the concussion. We didn't know that he was going to be ruled out, which he was. And then that caused a few issues, I think, because... A lot of issues. Yeah, a lot of issues, especially with Hoggy not playing. And, you know, it's no slight on, on Pete Horn. I thought he did really well in a position that he's only, I think he's only played twice at 10 for Scotland ever against Japan and against Fiji. Why didn't they pick Hastings? No idea, but... I, 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 I think he was injured the week before. I'm not too sure. I don't know why they didn't pick him. He was outstanding when he came on. Mm. I don't know if you saw him. Yeah, like when he went to when he came on at ten and Horn went to twelve, Scotland looked a, a different team. But breakdown, they were poor. And to be fair, I feel slightly responsible, and so should you, Goody, because France looked <laughs> so motivated. Oh, of course they were from the first. Well, that's what I mean. And apparently, they've had round in their training in their stadium all the newspaper clippings, and they've had in the changing room. 
Goody's just speaking French or trying to speak French and saying how bad they are and kickers the balls. Kickers the balls. And they've had that as white noise <laughs> Mate, to it, motivate the Scots at the, the bo- weekend. Here's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If Matthew Bastereau can do a chip and regather off his left and it work, it's a fucking bad day for Scotland, isn't it? Did you see his chip? Fair play to him, the big fella. Mate, stop talking him up, Goody. He'll never do he that again. You. He'll, he ne- he'll never do that again. He hates you. i tell you what, though. Fair play to Brunel. He... he, he you know, I can't even imagine what his balls look like, but he got them out <laughs> and put into Mac at 10. Blue. He started off uh, DuPont, Ring. how do you say his name? DuPont. At nine. I thought them two were sensational. Into Mac at 10, look, he looked a class above compared to what, <laughs> what they've had in previous years with Francois Trampoop and who, who was the lad who played the week before? Cami Lopez. Cami Lopez. Morgan, um, Morgan Parra's career could be over, international career could be over. Well, du, uh, DuPont's definitely in now. DuPont's it? the man, Seren on the bench as well. Yeah. Um, and it's no surprise, the French under 20s won the World Cup and he picked on Tamak in the first game at 12 and then he dropped him for the second game I'm like you know you've got quality youngsters there Ramos at fullback he was good he's been playing that way for Toulouse all year but oh no we're going to pick Huge at fullback against England and pick centres on the wing goes to show and it's the same thing with Scotland they picked Horny 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 at 10 because Hastings is young and they didn't think he could cope in the atmosphere or the environment pick the young lads if they're good enough pick them yeah that's the thing and, and that's what Jacques Brunel did and um, yeah, when Matthew Bastereau is taking the piss out of the Scots with chip and chases and winning the chip and chase battle it was a really bad day for Scotland I was, I was disappointed for Scotland because again we, I've spoken about them in you know batting their corner it's not making excuses but you look at the injuries they've got Goody compared to yeah. the other nations huge but they've got like the backbone of the team is gone yeah and we've spoken about Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg. They're their two standout world-class players, game in, game out, whenever they play for Scotland or whoever they're playing for. And then you're missing WP now in the scrum. You're obviously missing all of your first-choice bat rows, mm. potentially. it's You don't massively stand the chance. Mm. And the fact that you've abused the French for the last three weeks. and <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And rightly so. And, and rightly so. I mean, the French still looked like they could lose it at points. Yeah, I mean, Scotland actually... You know, especially towards the end, mate, carved them up a bit. Yeah, they did. But the, you know, the game was over by that point. The French, they were always going to have a reaction. You get hosed like you do and everyone starts questioning it. You bring a few new players into the team, make some changes, you're at home, you're always going to see a difference against a Scotland team, like Jim says, was shorn of injuries. Interesting, though, he uses that excuse that England weren't allowed to use previously. Who? Who? Have it? Who? Well, you just used the excuse that Scotland had loads of injuries, blah, blah, blah. They blah. had loads of injuries, and like England basically had in- a whole team. England have had injuries before. Where? And, Who? And were overtrained, and you were like, don't make excuses. I cannot oh, wait. Oh, my <laughs> word. I cannot wait for Scotland to come down and to Twickenham and take 50. Ah! Mate, God help them. That's all I'm saying, especially after last year's escapades after the game. Could Scotland do England a favour and tip over Wales at Murrayfield? Ah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely, I don't know. Can Scotland beat Wales? Yes, they can. The way they're playing now, the way Wales are playing, no, they're not going to win that game, especially now with Wales on for a Grand Slam. You know? well, Wales will make that a war. And the, the, the hard thing for Scotland is they'll want to get some confidence back playing the attacking brand of rugby. But Wales now just need to... They don't care how they're going to win these next two games. Yeah, and they didn't play too much rugby against England. They're not going to go up to Edinburgh and join in the party of how the Scots like to play. They will be just trying to hose the life out of the Scots. And you know, will it be an exciting game? Probably not. Will there be loads of line speed from Wales and the physicality that they showed against England? Yes. And I think with Scotland's injuries, and they don't have the X-factor players of Stuart Hogg, potentially Finn Russell, the chap. Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones as well. Finn will be fit. Finn will be fit for that game. You know, I'm, I'm thinking Wales by 10. I think if Wales pick bigger... <laughs> <laughs> at 10 they'll win I think with Gareth Anscombe if they want to play this loose game I don't know if that's where Scotland will have a chance how do you see the rest of the tour- tournament panning out Wales Grand Slam yeah always said it You did well I don't think you've ever said that Jim to be honest I think you said they'll finish fifth but mate when they that last game if they beat Scotland and it comes down to that last game that is going to be a proper ding-a-ling-a-ling isn't yeah. it and you think back to when Ireland won the Grand Slam in Cardiff, wasn't it, years ago, um, when Jordan Murphy caught, Stephen Jones had a kick to win it, uh, to deny Ireland the Grand Slam, and it went under the bar. Jordan Murphy had the ball, I think it was the first time that Ireland had won the Grand Slam in God knows how long, and in all his excitement, he wellies it into the crowd. A few years later, he has a testimonial, should have kept that ball, it had gone for quite a lot of money. But, um, yeah, I think that Wales go to Scotland and win. I just think there's something in it. There's a, there's a massive performance in the Ireland uh, camp to come out, and obviously, I desperately hope that Ireland beat Wales in the last game because that means that if England win our two games that we've got at Twickenham now with five points, we win the title. Let's uh, go to the Premiership now. Goody, just when you thought Wasps were back on track. Just, just, just move on on that, shall we? Oh, wait, we lost home to Sale, and Sale played really well, actually. So uh, so why do we need to move on? Why don't we just dissect it with an open cloth? 
what? Dissect it with an open cloth. What the hell are you talking about? Well, why not? Why don't we? What, what do you mean dissect it with an open cloth? Well, let's have a look at the game and see see what comes of it. We did the open cloth. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> mate, what's, what's a, mate, they're going to Romania next year and Russia at this rate. Uh, no, I think we're sixth in the Premiership at the minute, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, but, you know... Top six? Yeah. No. Uh, no, listen, I mean, this week they've got Leicester away, which is the game that will probably decide... In reality, top six momentum shifter of top six for Wasps or Leicester getting back towards the top six. Leicester could be going to Russia and Romania. But Wasps, fair play to Sale. They come off the back of that absolute hosing at Northampton last week. Scored two early tries. Denny Solomona played really well. We had some players. Yeah, we got players missing. We had, but... Mate, why are you making excuses? Like, this is ridiculous. What you did for Scotland. Oh, did I? That's what you did for Scotland. But credit, Sale deserve to win. Um, oh, you're, just all, you're, you're just all humility, aren't you? Look yeah, at yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Just credit I mean, to Sale, credit I'll to Sale. Be honest, nothing wrong here, nothing to see. I'll be honest, Saturday at the uh, in the Prem Club slash Andy Good Suite at the Rico Arena was absolutely ramdingo. There's the issue. Yeah. There Three, 350 people. There's the know. problem. Saracens, Jim. Oh, hosed. Oh, I'm a Gloucester fan, mate. I played for, <laughs> play for Gloucester. Yeah, they got hosed, didn't they, by Gloucester? Hosed. Scoreline didn't reflect it, actually. I thought Gloucester won quite comfortably. Yeah. Well, Saracen's got the two tries at the end to get the losing bonus point. Yeah, mate, Saracen's had a good, again, not making excuses. But they've got a lot of their team missing. Oh, mate, they've well, done it's re- just excuses, yeah, Jim. They've, yeah, they've done really well over the last couple of weeks, and they've done well to hold the fort, I think. But Gloucester look good, don't they? When Gloucester want to look good and want to play good and want to be good, they're good. Well said, Jim. Um, but you, you look at Gloucester, and you look at games throughout the season, and it is interesting from the, the shed, they were always saying, can we play you every week? Gloucester looked at the Six Nations period, and you actually want to play. If you're Gloucester and you've lost, I'm trying to do my maths, I don't think you've lost any players in the Six not Nations. Lost any. You've not lost any. So you've got your best team, and then the, the first two rounds of Premiership fixtures in the Six Nations, you've got Exeter at home, and next week Saracens at home. They're the times you want to pick playing those teams. You don't want Farrell rocking up. You don't want Billy Vanapola rocking up. And everyone say, oh, we want to beat their best team. No, 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 no. If you're a Gloucester fan, you just want to get the victory. So you can get into, you know, you are fourth at the minute. You want to be getting in the top four. Uh, and then we're in about playoff semis and finals off, off the back of that. But Gloucester, if you could write a fixture list, they'd have written those two games perfectly to play the top two teams in the country when they were missing extra the week before, missing Noel, missing Williams. Slade, Williams, New, you know, Car- Moon carries on. And Saracens missing all the boys that they did. So Gloucester, are, Gloucester are good. They're in the mix. They they've got some absolute quality in that. South team. African players. How good is Ed Slater as well? I can't believe he's not been called up ahead of Charlie Alls. I, I, yeah. I don't like. I'm looking at it. Maybe slightly biased, but I'm looking at it. I, I just don't know how Slates hasn't been called up. Well, here's the thing. He left. Leicester didn't want him. And we've always said it on here. We were Crazy. Big, massive fans of Ed Slater. And how Leicester let him go when he. He cared so much about that club, and he's gone to Gloucester now, and he's doing what he did at Leicester. He's a, a quality player, and Jim, obviously, you know more about second row player than most. But you know him. Ben Morgan was quality. How good was he as well? Man, he's out of contract. Big ginger even beard. Though he said, even though he said he's not, <laughs> but I think he is. Big, big ginger beard and ginger bush on him. But um, you know, when you've got a lot of South Africans that you don't lose during the Six Nations, yeah, Colonel Mustard in the second row as yeah, well is Mustard, good. Mustard, he is. Yeah. But what, you and him in a fight, who wins? I kill the bloke, but if it's <laughs> if it's about if it's about carrying head first and trying to make the game line, Damn. he might just make it. Worcester got home seventeen thirteen over Leicester, and there's a huge game this weekend as they travel to Newcastle on Sunday. Is that a must win for the Falcons, mate? I don't know how much you know about your ruggers, but I'd say it's a must win for Newcastle. They are in. I mean, I don't know what it smell would be like to be in deep shit, but what it would smell or be like is what they're in. Yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Three years ago, they were in a very similar situation and um, they had to make a couple of signings and is there drag, any, drag it, them out of it. But, is, there, um, is there anything in you that thinks, like, arrogantly, because you are, you know, arrogant. I'm uh, humble, mate. I'm humble. Is there anything in you that, like that thinks... Crumble. Well, we know. Is there anything in you that thinks, maybe, or not? Maybe what? You just go up there and just kick a few to the corner uh, and just get them off the... Absolutely not, James. No. Just get him off the Absolutely not. Line. Lightning doesn't tr- strike twice. Have you heard that one? Yeah, of course. Lightning doesn't strike twice oh, yeah. in the same place? Yeah. Dissect that one with a cloth. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, they're not... Hogarth. Hogarth. That's why Worcester win, when he plays well. Yeah, I mean, they... I tell you, Tom Howe's been really important for them. They scored the winner at the weekend towards the death, and then he got the fourth try against Quinns the week before at the death. And I played with him at Wasps, and he was an absolute space cadet. But, yeah... 
I hope Newcastle beat Worcester, and that's a horrible thing to say because I play for both teams. It'll make uh, it a lot more interesting. And I, spent, I, I, yeah. I, I just, I can't see the Premiership without Newcastle in it. I, I just, you know, as a as a as a rugger rugger bugger, I look at it and I think it's a travesty if Newcastle aren't there. The knock on effect of being in the Champions Cup this year is huge uh, in terms of injuries, in terms of being able to rotate players in and out as well, and it's it's tough for them. But you know, who's going down? Newcastle, unfortunately. You reckon? Do you reckon they'll beat Worcester at the weekend? I hope they do. Do you think they will? And I think they will. I don't know. I don't think they will. Because I, I mean, the, the Leicester, the, sorry, the the Worcester Leicester game, it was average, wasn't it? Yeah, but I just think I don't know. Worcester just seemed to have a little bit more. Obviously, they're you know they're nine points behind Worcester and Bristol, and Bristol lot. You know they've lost the last couple. Played Gloucester this week. You never know. But Bristol could get dragged down to it. But we haven't talked about Bristol yet. Have you seen? Charles Piertow's finish. On oh, my food. Mm-hmm. Mate, don't he be horrible just... to Mike Brown. It ain't his fault, mate. There's only a couple of people in the world that could have made that tackle. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but what about his step? Mike Brown was just clutching at the air, wasn't what he? What were you meant to do? Yeah, no one's tackling Charles Piertow. Do you reckon say... there's anyone in world rugby that makes that tackle? Yeah, just put your foot out, mate. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, you can catch all this year's Six Nations action on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. Any rumour, rumours floating around, guys? Well, the rumour mill with Reese Webb is gathering momentum. It's on the back of a train from France to Bath. Can you get the train from France to Bath from Toulon? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. But that's where he's going. I've heard. Manu Tuolangi. And Ruby Pass broke a story on him signing for Racing, which I heard was true as well. He signed the initial heads of agreement or he'd agreed to go verbally. I don't know the ins and outs. Rumour has it he might be staying at Leicester now. Really? Yeah, he's succumbed to the emotional side of the game. And, you know, I'm not too sure with Freddie, his uncle, or is he his brother? Uh, It's his uncle. His uncle. So Freddie Tulangi, who does the contracts for them, Global Bros is the name of the agency. What a name that is, Global Bros. I'm sure, is it brother? Anyway, he's a Tulangi, that's all I know. He looks after his affairs. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Freddie's just thinking, "Um, can you go to the highest bidder, please? I'd be sad to see Manu leave Leicester. Because I think Leicester have, d- have done such a good job with him in terms of looking after him, and he owes them. I think Manu does, doesn't he? Uh, yes and no. Ah, he does. He does good. Yeah, no. Yeah, he does. Yes and no. But let, let's not forget. There's no loyalty two, in rugby. There's, there's no loyalty in rugby. Oh, no. Two of us are sat here playing for, having played for God knows how many clubs. But if Leicester would have paid me half a mil, I would have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously everyone wants to see him play at Leicester and. Or play in the Premiership, should we say, um, so he can continue playing for England. The big decision for him is if he goes to Paris, you're not playing for England anymore at twenty odd bags a game. You know, you weigh in and factor in that difference as well. You factor in actually, look how many players are going to France now and not enjoying it. Yeah, you know, obviously you had a Racing and you're playing with Finn Russell and Zebo. They seem to be enjoying it, but other clubs, you know, Reese Webb's trying to come, or he's either trying to come back, or he sent. I know he sent his family back, or. Bougelau's trying to bin him off or whatever. It's not stable over there, so it's a big decision for him. And you're right, Leicester have stood by him and Leicester have paid him a lot of money while he's been injured a lot. You know, I think Worcester came and offered him mega bucks in his last contract negotiation. And Leicester kind of thought, shit, we have to offer him this contract because what happens if he does get fully fit and starts... Running at George Ford. <laughs> tearing the house down in game. You don't want to miss out on that. So it goes both ways. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think Manu owes them something. You don't owe, right. No rugby player owes any club anything. Like No yeah. club owes any player anything yeah, unless you're contracted. I, know. I get that. And that's yeah. the facts. That's where we're at in rugby and, and, and fans need to understand that. Manu's not going to sign a contract for Leicester unless he's happy with the numbers. So. Any other rumours floating around? I've heard Vern's leaving Montpellier. Yes. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah, what you heard? What you heard? Well, they're lining up Garbajosa to take over from him. Do you think he'll get sacked or he'll walk? No, you wait for the payout, don't you? <laughs> if you stand, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I, can't I've, be heard happy. It, I've heard he's had enough. Yeah, Altrad can't be happy. Yeah, they got to the final last year. Yes, Vern inherited a squad that Jake White had put together full of 4,000 South Africans. But they're underperforming. And rugby in France is like football is here in terms of hiring and firing and and the emotion of it all, you know, that you've seen managers in football get sacked here pretty regularly. You know, we've been through a little bit of that with, with coaches, but France is way more reactive. And it's, no, you cannot do this. Oh, this you are sacked. <laughs> People just love the accent. I've been getting loads of tweets about the accents. We've got to keep it in every week. And they get the sacked of Werner, because he gets, <laughs> that sounds Italian. I'm actually turning myself on. Um, 
he is the highest paid coach in the world as well. Is yeah, he I don't know for sure, but there again, the rumours. Well, you said, it, you said right. he is, so. Oh, all right. Well, you he said is, he is the high, most highly paid. It's fact. But I think it is, yeah. So, yeah, if Montpellier hadn't performed, they weren't very good in Europe either, were they? No, so, no. yeah. So, toodaloo, Vern. Ha ha. <laughs> you are a bludgeon. <laughs> Reese Priestland, Bristol's. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. R.G. Snyman. South African. Yeah. All He's right. a monster, isn't he? To Harlequins. Queens. Okay, they got a bit of dollar, haven't they, Quinns? Dollar. Any other rumours? Bryce Heem to Toulon is mm. one. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to you, mate. Right, let's get into the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by the guys at Budgie Smuggler. With summer only a few months away, make sure you get your custom budgies sorted. And there's also the female range uh, for smuglets. Just check out budgiesmugglerukcom and then give them a follow on social media. Plenty of good this week, as ever. In the world of rugby. Um, we'll start off in the Premiership and Gloucester uh, beating Exeter and Saracens back-to-back over the last couple of weeks. Big movers. Harlequins as well. They don't often get mentioned in the good, but they're up to third in the Gallagher Premiership beating oh Bristol at home. Oh, God. Jim, that tattoo is getting ever closer, my That's friend. Right. Well, Kung Fu Panda's leaving me anyway, so <laughs> she ain't going to be bothered. Um, let's go over to a bit of the Pro 14, the Guinness Pro 14, shall yes. we? Yes! Love the Guinness Pro 14. Um, and our friend, Darren Cave, made his 222nd appearance for Ulster. Now He's now the second most capped player for the club and only has seven more games to equal Andrew Trimble's record. Really? So, captain of the Shags is, could be their greatest ever appearance maker for Ulster Rugby. I know you are being horrible to him, Jim. But I'm not being horrible, mate. You said he's got his bib on, you, you mean. I'm anyway, not, KV, well done to you. Sticking with the Guinness Pro 14, Benetton. Eight games unbeaten now. Yep. And put 50 oh, on the Dragons. Well, I'm just thinking, how many games have been beaten? Eight. Yeah, I'm just saying I was there nine weeks ago. Um, I, I mean, it could have, <laughs> could have been eight or nine. I don't know its details, but I was there. You were, James, you were. Uh, and they're up to second, I believe, in their conference. Um, what else was good this week? You're going to be surprised, but I'm going to put them in there. Too long. Les Français. The French. I thought they were pretty good because they're back their youngsters. Ramos was good, as was Untamak. And even Matthew Bastereau's chip and goo. Oh, mate, come on. Chip stop and it. goo. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, they absolutely dispatched Scotland. But the good this week has to go to our friends over the border, over the Seven Bridge in Wales, beating England physically and tactically in that second half. Yes, we did. Keeping their discipline. Yes, we did. Where others lost it and are on course for the Grand Slam. So the good this week goes to Wales. Come on, Wales. The bad. Uh, plenty of bad in the Guinness Pro 14, actually, and we'll stay in Wales. The Dragons, and we'll add a couple of other teams in there. Zebra and the Kings, all shipping over 50 points in their games. Uh, and look a long way off the quality of other teams in the Guinness Pro 14. What else was bad this week? Um, some bad news has come out. Matthew Tate having to retire from injury. Poor Tatey having to retire. Um, well, we'll, just, we'll just stick with a bad that we, we sometimes talk about. We went over the Seven Bridge and over the border west. We're going to go north. And the bad this week goes to Scotland. Mate, I know it. Over Hadrian's Wall and over that border up there. Uh, same old story with Scotland uh, away from home. They haven't won away in the Six Nations outside of Rome for nine years. Uh, and they just didn't rock up at, in Paris, did they? When was the last time they won? So nine years ago, it was 2010, Croke Park Island. Don't really remember it, but I think it was just then. I mean, guilty. Sorry. <laughs> just thinking back, just reminiscing. So, so the bad this week goes to Scotland. A um, couple of bits of ugly this week. Um, we're going to mention Welsh rugby being ugly this week. And it's not to do with the national team. So to all our Welsh listeners, chill your beans. Um Osprey's managing director, Andrew Millward, uh, described last week as the worst in the region's 16-year history as Welsh rugby continues to discuss its finances. There were doubts about whether the Ospreys would continue to exist and a merger with Cardiff Blues was also on the table. Uh, regions still don't know where they stand or what budgets there are for next season. So really? That's the highs now. of beating England and being three from three in the Guinness Six Nations to the lows of how tough it is in the regions of Wales. That's pretty ugly. Where's the fucking money? Give me some of that money. Uh, but the ugly this week is going to go to... The Ch- bogey monster. It's him, isn't it? It is the bogey monster, Jim. Nico Lee, absolutely disgusting. Part of a ruck, blowing his nose on the face of Colby Fienger for Connacht. Animal. Absolutely shocking. 
I mean, it's up there with Dave Ward's spitting incident, but it's actually worse because he's just cleaned his nose out. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> cleaned his nose out all Why over Why is he him. doing that then? So, Nico Lee, that is ugly. You're getting the ugly. That's just ugly. But he is ugly as well. And he's it? been banned for 13 weeks, so um, good on the Guinness Pro 14 disciplinary process that has banned him for that long. Thanks, Goody. And we're going to finish off this week with a few quickfire questions that have been sent in from our superfans on Patreon. Remember, you can sign up for extra content each week. We have competitions and ticket giveaways on there, and you're in with a chance each month to come in and watch the show in person. So check it out at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. The first one comes from Matthew Dakin, who is the best second row gym and halfback Goody partner that you've ever played with. Martin Johnson. Uh, Harry Ellis. Really? I love Harry. Nice. Duncan's messaged in. Favourite teammate to go on the smash with? Ed Shervington. Duncan Jones. Dickie Jones has messaged in. Yes or no to a potential Six Nations relegations playoff, and if it happens, are Georgia up for the job? Yes. Yes. I think this should be relegation. Yes to the playoff. And are Georgia up for the job? No. No. George Pleven has messaged in. Do you think Eddie Jones has kept the double playmaker mould in the back line by picking Slade in the midfield? Yes, in a roundabout way, but we didn't use it enough against Wales. No idea. Patrick Izzard, how are Saris still under the salary cap? They're not. Does having a lot of players from their academy mean they are in a different bracket or something? Guilty, and I have no idea about finances. I just know that I was over the salary cap massively, so (laughs) come get me. You do get credits, but they're still way over the salary cap. Just imagine the wages of... Billy Vanapola, Mako Vanapola, Mara Toji, George Cruz, Owen Farrell. Kelly Brown. Oh, no. Liam Williams, Alex Goose. Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly now. It just goes. There's, there's seven million quid just for those boys. Kane Hannon has messaged, is Big Jim going to get naked at the London Live show in celebration if Scotland beat England Jeez, again? Please, yes. no. So if Scotland beat England, you're getting naked? 100%. You've heard it here first. Start bollock naked, cashew between the legs, <laughs> call me Jeanette. There we go. We have a. Pl- I, I generally hope Scotland win now. That's horrible. Thomas Morgan, shout out to Brett in New Zealand trying to sow his royal oats in a sheep. What? It's not even a question. Weird Kiwis. It's a statement. And a quick shout out to Michael Beacon, who announced he, or hopefully his fiance, was pregnant at one of our live shows. Um, he had his stag do at the weekend and went to watch a game in Carter, followed by Big Night in Bristol. So we hope you had a good one. Good luck is all I'm saying, mate. Michael B can get you sleeping. Thanks, Scooty. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Before we finish, we have a call out to any of our listeners who have any filming or video editing experience. We're looking for someone to come in and help out on a freelance basis to record the pod here in London. If you think you have what it takes, send an email to fred at the rugby pod.com. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Bye.